Hello and welcome back to Business of Film, episode number 17. My name is Jesse Eichmann, and you're listening to a crafttruck.com podcast. Today we welcome the editor of Script Magazine, Jeannie Bowerman, to the show. Uh, it was kind of cool to get a different perspective on the business of film. We've had producers, distributors, uh, other people from the film business on the show. To date, we haven't had anybody represent the screenwriting community, so no one better than the editor of Script Mag to come on. And, uh, and it was awesome. We had a great time. I'm really excited to share this particular podcast with you. And if you're listening to this episode, I'd also encourage you to head on over to crafttruck.com and check out the episode page for this podcast. Uh, Jeannie has two articles, written articles, that she is sharing with us, one called Dear New Screenwriter and the other called How Do I Break In? So I encourage you to head on over there and check out those articles and links uh, on the show notes for this podcast. And enjoy this episode. It was a fun one. Hi, great to be here, Jesse. Thank you for taking the time. Appreciate you uh, coming on to our little Skype world, our Skype bubble <laughs> of uh, you know business of film. It's it's uh, it's nice to have you. I spend a lot of time on Skype. It's perfectly a great little world. It is a great little world, especially especially when you know no one needs to see you at the other end. I can just you know have chats with people all day long. It's awesome. <laughs> so just before we get started and kind of get into the meat of this conversation, maybe you can take a moment and tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and how you got started in the business. I am the, right now I'm the editor of Script Magazine. Um, I started off working for Script, uh, I think three years ago now, writing a column called Balls of Steel. And how I got to Script Magazine is is sort of a, let me just preface this with, I live in upstate New York. Right now there's a snowstorm. It's absolutely gorgeous outside. But I live, I cannot see another house from my house. I live seven miles from the nearest traffic light. And... Um, I am, you know, in the country, nowhere near Hollywood, nowhere near the industry, a um, couple hours from New York City. Um, and I started working on a, um, an adaptation of a book that, while I was working on it, won the Pulitzer Prize. Lucky me. Um, it's called Slavery by Another Name. And one of my friends suggested I get on social media to kind of promote this project as I was writing it and as I was working on it. And so I joined Twitter. And that's how, and then I started um, with some of my friends, Kim Garland, Zach Sanford, Jamie Livingston, we started a weekly Twitter screenwriting chat called Script Chat, and where every Sunday night we talk about screenwriting. It's free. We give we get guests to come on and speak to our um, the, our community, and it's a really great network of writers where we can learn, and nobody's getting gouged. We're not selling stuff. We're just sharing information with each other and and drinking heavily. Sometimes. That's actually the most important part of this whole thing. I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't even know why we're, we're talking about the film business. We should really just be talking about, you know, you guys sitting around the table, having a few cocktails and, and, and having a good time, right? Yeah, and actually our um, our tagline is bring your tequila and leave your ego behind. Uh, you know, like, and so it's a really fun community, but that's how Script Magazine found me. The then editor, Joshua Stecker, contacted me because he saw my bio. It said New York, and which was kind of the truth but kind of a lie because I knew people would assume I meant New York City and he's he's like oh I'm flying into New York City let's get together and have coffee and I was like yeah totally and and I took a you know cost me a hundred dollars to have that cup of coffee with him because I took a train into the city but um had such a 
you know, great time with him and really connected with him that he um, offered me, eventually after about a year of our friendship, he offered me a, a regular column on the site um, called Balls of Steel where I talk about navigating the industry and especially the, the challenges of doing it from so far away and, and thinking outside of the box and how it takes balls to survive this industry. And so that's basically how I got um you know, a, a great day job that allows me to still be in this world that I want to be in. Right. And so uh, I guess because you're in the, the, the screenwriting world and I don't want, the, I, I kind of want to stay away from the craft of screenwriting for the purpose of this podcast, uh, because I, I just feel like there's so much information out there and there's awesome stuff that you're doing you know, on your blog and through Script Magazine, that I want to focus this conversation on how the how what you're doing relates to the you know quote unquote business of film, and by that I mean let's kind of just start with just kind of just some simple kind of basic stuff in terms of you know what do you do on a daily basis to advance or to help advance. Um, your career in the business? You know, one of the things that I think is really important for, for writers to do and, and all filmmakers and artists or whatever are trying to break into something. Um, you have to work on your craft every day. And so that is certainly part of what it takes to, to a huge part of what it takes to break into business because you can get, you can network and meet as many people as you want. But if your work is shit at the end of the day, you're not going to ever get hired. You, you'll have a whole bunch of great new friends, but you're not going to ever get hired. So the first thing I always do, start my day off by writing before I do anything else. With almost 60 contributors on Script Magazine, I, and I'm the only editor. You know, so there's a lot of content. It's easy to get sucked into what your day job is, and most of us have day jobs. So I would say the first rule of order is to carve out time every day that you're doing, you really dedicate and guard for your career, either working on it, the craft of it, or, or studying the business of it. And so for me, it's either I start my day off either reading or writing. And usually writing, and then I'll do some reading at some point during the day, like, you know, take a break. And, and by reading, I mean, I go on social media, I look at, like, Emily Best's tweet line or, or The Blacklist or, you know, um, you know, anybody who I find that get can give me great information. Um, and I'll look through their lines, see some articles that, that kind of catch my eye, read them, you know, um, read deadline, you know, just understand what's going on in the industry is so important. But also um, connecting with people. So social media is incredible in terms of truly being able to make great connections. So for me, I try to follow somebody new on Twitter um, every day, you know, see who some of the people I respect are following, you know, try to make new connections and find new people. And absolutely talk to them. Like, don't just follow them, you know, like say hi, (laughs) you know, like engage. And, but the best way to really use, and I do, um, a whole bunch of stuff that I, um, do is about networking and, and talk about networking. But one of the things I do is if I'm going to, I find out if there's conferences, if there's lectures, if there's anything I can physically go to, um, that's realistic. And, you know, obviously people have a budget and they have to consider all of those things, but, you know, 
find out if there's anything to go to. And then when, whenever I'm going to an event, I always make sure, like when I found, I was going to Flyway Film Festival and I knew that Emily was the keynote speaker and I was going to be there, I made sure that, you know, Emily and I made sure that we connected with each other on some level, like and, on social media, just tweeting each other saying, hey, can't wait to see you. So that then when we got and said to all these other people who I saw were going to Flyway, hey, can't wait to meet you. So that then when we got there, we made a point of making sure we carved out time to actually sit down and talk and get to know each other as as humans, not just as Twitter avatars, you know? Yeah, I want to dive into the whole idea of networking, certainly in the business, and especially for somebody who, like yourself, who's located geographically outside of the the central core. Uh, But before we do, just quickly, how many people work at Script Magazine? That would be me. So it's just you. Oh, wow. Okay. So you and your contributors. And my contributors, yeah. And I have a, um, you know, like there's a, the overall company, the parent company has like a marketing team and, and, and the screenwriting community leader is Jesse Duma, who, um, whose family founded the writer store. So we have a really great, um, great, uh, group of people. Um, but in terms of the everyday maintenance of the magazine site, it's just me. Wow. Okay. And, and the mag, it comes out how often the actual, now, are you just on the digital side or are you also working with the, the physical? Uh, magazine as well. We no longer have a print issue. Um, now it's gone. Yep, it's gone. When when F and W acquired a script and from Final Draft, one of the first decisions was to remove the the print issue. Um, and so now we're on digital, and we might come up with you know some special issues, some special print issues. We've been talking about doing. Um, so there might be there there might be some sort of revival of it, but not. I don't think on a regular basis. But all the content is on scriptmag.com. Right. You know, I feel out of it for just for, for even just saying that, because I, I remember picking up, you know, I, I mean, I'm not a script writer by trade, but I, I remember picking up the magazine. I love flipping through it at the time. But now that now to hear yeah, it's just it's the same thing, even like our local uh, our local industry magazine up here, uh, Playback magazine here in Canada, gone, just digital now. That's it. I mean, they have special editions, but that's just that's just the way it is. So. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm, so, I'm kind of sorry to hear that. You know, like you're talking about script magazine. This is the medium of reading. You know, you want to have that, that uh, you know, that that paper sometimes. And I don't know. I'm still the person who. I, obviously, I'm on the site all the time, but I'm still the person who would when I'm. I'd rather go to a bookstore and, and have a physical book. You know, like I'm. You know, I'm still that person. But it's, that, yeah, for sure. I, I love that. It's so rare that I even get into a bookstore anymore. But I just I love going to bookstores. How did it? It's like all these stories on the pages that just want to jump out. I mean, you'd, I could just get lost in there for hours. I love it. So uh, networking, because uh, I, I kind of took us on a little bit of a tangent there. But I just <laughs> think networking is so important, especially for uh, for writers and anybody in the business. And what you what you brought up about going to, going to events uh, and connecting with people in person uh, is just, it's so important. Um, yeah. So... Just talk to me about your process of networking. You know, what do you what do you do? What as as not only a writer but as somebody who who runs a publication? Um, you know, talk to me about your process when it comes to the you know the the things that are that really work for you in terms of how you go about networking and just connecting with with people in the business. You know, for me, I'd say that that you know the first. I am like I was telling you earlier. I mean, I'm one of those people like you know you get what you see. Like I'm very. Um, I try to keep my avatar really looking like me, not like a 20-year-old picture of me, you know? Like, so that when people see me, they recognize me, you know? And and, and I'm very, 
uh, real in my tweets. Um, some I, I don't often rant, but I do try to keep things positive. But there are certainly times when I'm pissed off about something and I'll give a rant. You know, like it's okay to in social media and and networking. It's okay to to not just talk about business. You know, like I find that that doesn't really work so much. Like I, for me. I like to keep it more real. There's sometimes I'm tweeting about my perv dog, you know, my, my French, my little French bulldog who likes to hunt my cat, you know, like, you know, just whatever is happening. And then that makes me relatable to people. Can I title this podcast, Jean Barman and her perv dog? Like, totally. can, can I do that without like offend you or anything? <laughs> totally. Sure. Like humping the cat. I mean, like, <laughs> <laughs> I like that even more. That's great. So, but like this, I mean, like I'll talk about things like this and I don't think twice about it, you know, I lecture some places, places I do the same thing. Like I, I, you know, I, I, I try to be real. And I think one of the things that the most important thing in, in social networking is just not to be a jerk, you know, like, like just be a decent human being, you know, pay it forward, be kind, you know, all of those things that, that then make people want to be around you and enjoy being around you. And, and I'll give you some examples about like two of my, my mentors right now who've really changed my, my career, you know, in terms of how you can, you can take those online networking, the online networking offline, um, is, not to really ask a lot of people, like, you know, when you're on Facebook or you're on LinkedIn or, I mean, does anybody use LinkedIn? I don't know. Um, and Twitter, but just don't like pitch people and don't be in their face and don't immediately be like, you know, when somebody follows you immediately send a DM, Hey, go like my Facebook page. Like, don't do that. Like that, that is, it's like when people do that, it's kind of like going on. I feel like they just met me and they're sticking their tongue down my throat and, and grabbing my boob, you know, like, like, stop like you're you're like pretend you're on a first date with somebody be nice be polite get them to want to go on a second date with you like don't immediately attack them and so um are we talking about networking or dating tips i'm not sure but maybe they're the same but they're the same they really are because like you know even when you're pitching at a big pitch fest it's like a it's like speed dating you've got to get people to you before they're liking your projects, before they're wanting to hire you, because if they're gonna, if they like you, they're, I mean, they, and they and they want to do, you know, produce your script or something, they're good, they could potentially be working with you for two or three years. I mean, so they really have to like you as a human being. And um, so when I was um, working on Slavery by Another Name, when I was, you know, doing my endless rewrites of this project, um, I online on Twitter I had met Doug Richardson, who um, uh, wrote Die Hard Two bad boys hostage and another um you know really good friend is unknown screenwriter i don't know if you've ever heard of him he's um have you i have not oh you should i i I will now that i now that now that you mentioned i'm gonna go do my uh my homework um he's on twitter at unk screenwriter and he is one of those um he remains anonymous because he's a writer for hire you know rewrites a lot of people's work um and for money, not credit. And he um, comes on social media because he really enjoys teaching writers and helping them and speaking honestly about the business, really honestly about the business. And he doesn't want to have backlash, so therefore he goes anonymously. And so, um, but he's incredibly gifted and talented. And um, 
And so I just got to know them on Twitter, you know, hi, how you doing? We just start a conversation or whatever. And after, you know, a handful of months, um, you know, all of a sudden Unk said to me, hey, can, you know, can I read that script you're, you've been talking about? And I, I don't ask them to read it. They, they get to know me. They like me. They, and, and by having a column, you know, the Balls of Steel column gives people an opportunity to read my work and see that I can read. And it gives them a little more confidence in asking for it and hoping that it's not going to be a piece of shit. And so, and Doug Richardson did the same thing, you know, and, and then before I knew it, you know, they're giving me notes on the script and they're helping me and, and it's, it's, um, and now they're, you know, my personal friends, you know, we, we talk to each other all the time and, and, and we bounce and that now they send me their to read and give them feedback on, you know, um, and so they're, they've gone from mentors to peers. And, um, and so for, I I think just, just to put a pause right there, that's actually really, really important advice that, and I I don't want to gloss over that because I mean, we kind of started, uh, where the conversation started there was to a certain extent, okay, how do we just, you know, do better in social media? And it was kind of generic, but where you brought that point to is so specific and so important because at the end of the day, if you're a screenwriter wanting to break into the business, you have to get to know your peers. You have to develop relationships with these people. They have to get to know you on an individual and personal level. And people have to want to work with you as a person and not just, you know, you're not just prodding people. You're developing relationships with people uh, in a very real way. So I, I like what, where you brought that conversation to is, I just think, really, really important for anybody who's listening because a you know you're you're an example of somebody who's who's doing what you say you're doing uh and you've gotten the results that ideally one would want to get from going down that path um so i mean i think that's a great example yeah, and they're, you know and they're fun guys and it also when you get to know people like this you know and and network with them people who you you know you look up to you admire you think wow i want to be that like a writer like that day, you know um and then you can start to get to know that they're just they're just regular people. Everybody's just a regular person, you know, and, and so it becomes less intimidating. Cool. Um, so I guess just you know, on that, while we're still on that kind of networking train, what are the conferences that you recommend people go to? What are the, I don't know, top five, you know, if, 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 if you're going to pick up your bags and get on a plane, you know, three or four or five times this year, where do you recommend people go? Well, I think, I think for screenwriters, a, a great opportunity is Austin film festival, you know, like that, because they have, it's film and screenwriting and pitching opportunities. And it just has everything. And I have, that's on my bucket list. Every time I try to get to Austin, I've, I have too much work and I can't do it. Or there's something that there's something, you know, that, that conflicts with it in my schedule. Um, I have two teenagers, so, you know, you never know what comes up. Right. But so that's a great festival, and the people, my friends who have gone there, um, especially if you. By the way, I'm, I'm going to plug Austin for just a second because I, I personally listen to their their podcast that they put out, uh, and they're really good. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to go listen to another podcast specifically about story and writing and craft, uh, definitely go check out uh, their podcast because it's it's really good. Yeah. And, and the other thing is like, if you're going to go to Austin and and you're a screenwriter listening to this, uh, definitely, um, submit to their contest before it, because if you get into like, I think the second round or something, you can actually have opportunities to have meetings there. So, um, it's a good way to, to get noticed. Um, 
company has a, a conference called Screenwriters World Conference where um, I'm always at and and speaking at and lecturing and and moderating panels and things like that. And we're um, actually going to have a meeting about it later today. This next this year's one, which is going to be mid August in Los Angeles, and um, we have. Because of Scripps' reputation for all these years and the writer's store reputation for 30 years in L.A., we have really good um, relationships with executives in, in Hollywood and are able to get great people in to listen to pitches. And um, I'm always trying to think – this is my second editor – and always trying to think of ways to make our conference different than, than everybody else's. So hopefully we'll come up with some really great ideas this afternoon. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and I with Toronto's screenwriting conference, the people who are running that. Um, and I'm hoping to get up there in April to, to lecture in Toronto. So if I do that, Jesse, we'll have to have coffee. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I know the guy who runs uh, the, uh, the screenwriting contest, uh, contest the, screen, the, the Toronto Screenwriting Conference up here. They really do a bang-up job, um, and they've been building it year over year. And they they put on a well executed event, um, and definitely re- I you know I can certainly vouch for that conference just you know being a local here in Toronto, uh, so that's cool to hear that it's hit your radar, uh, which is awesome. Okay, cool. Anything else? Uh, any other recommendations of places to go? Well, I just want to say one more thing about the Toronto okay, one because sure. this is what really impressed me when I was talking to them the other day, is that their conference is really geared towards um, screenwriters who are more advanced and. With workshops and, and the, the things that they lecture instead of just the basic, here's the beat sheet, here's your basic structure. It's, they seem to really be more um, targeting the advanced writer, which is, which is great because a lot of conferences, that, that makes that conference unique. But, um, yeah, I think right now those are, those are the biggest ones now that um, they don't have uh, Creative Screenwriting Expo is gone. That used to be one of the top ones, but that's not around anymore. Um, and uh, so those are the ones that that are always on my radar. Austin Screenwriters World and Toronto Screenwriting Conference. Yeah. Okay, sweet. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about. And I don't want this to sound or come off the wrong way, but from a certain perspective, as a writer in the business or as a producer listening to this podcast, and you know, working with writers. What do you say to writers who are trying to write projects that are market-oriented? That is to say, attacking a project from that kind of market-driven approach versus... And I'm I'm kind of like, I, I don't want to go too down the path of, you know, hey, you have to be inspired and you have to love what you do because I think all that is kind of... I mean, that should go without saying. But from the perspective of writing for the market uh, and writing for the business and for what, you know, is maybe selling well today. Uh, and you can tell me I'm full of shit and all that kind of stuff. And that's cool too. But I, I just would love to get your perspective on that side of the creative process. If that makes you know, sense too. No, I mean, I think it's one of those, like, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, you know? I mean, I think sometimes people get caught up in writing for the market and they're trying to predict the trends or they're trying to write what the current trend is. Well, guess what? You know, if you're writing what the current trend is, you're already two years too late because, you know, what's being greenlit today is not necessarily what you just saw on the screen. You know, they're they're already on to the next thing behind the scenes that you don't know about. That's important to keep up with things like, 
you know, reading dead, you know, deadline.com and, and, and even, you know, getting, becoming a member to the tracking board. You know, when you're on the tracking board, you see what scripts are floating around. You see what, you know, what's, um, what's selling, um, reading the Scoggins report. You see what kind of stuff is selling, where the trend is going. So it's important to understand the market. And it's also really important if you're, if you're choosing to not go the indie route and you're, and you're choosing to really try to get a theatrical release, you know, from a big studio, your concept has to be super high concept, you know, just really unique, especially as a brand new writer, you know? Um, but if you're more into, I think it's about, you know, do you want to, do you want to, here, here's the thing that I struggle with, you know, do you want to, that's the dream. Sure. You know, who doesn't want to win an Oscar? Who doesn't want to have all that stuff? But, you know, if you want, if you want to be a writer and, to me, I'm a writer because I want to move people with my words. And so if I write a whole bunch of high concept scripts and I, and I don't have an agent and I don't have a, any representation and, and I'm just genie in my country home in upstate New York who, you know, like, and I can certainly get my stuff read, but if, if that's all my goal is, my stuff is in, in a, in a file on my hard drive and nobody is reading it. And so I would just, to, to writers that they decide what, what their real goal is. You know, if they really want to get that satisfaction of people seeing their work on the screen, then, you know, as long as your marketable concept isn't huge budget, you know, see if you can make it independently and, and have the satisfaction of taking it to festivals, having people see your work. And that's just another, it's another way of getting, there's so many different ways to break in now that, that we don't need to just knock on studios doors anymore. I mean, we can take power and control ourselves and, and get our work made. Even if you just want to start off with a little short film, like I, I did a short film called impasse that was inspired from a, a, a couple's argument. I witnessed at a coffee shop and, um, but and used all social media people to create that project. So I I, mean, I think that you know just writing to the market, you're you're taking a very it's it's like buying a lottery ticket. You have no control sometimes over you know what those numbers are going to be, even if you picked the numbers yourself, you know. And but yet, if you do the independent route, you have more control. Like you can actually get your work out there and seen. And one of the other things that I started doing, and, and a lot of other screenwriters have too, I've been talking to a lot of people about it, is taking their scripts that are marketable, high concept, you know, great scripts that they haven't found any traction on, and they're now writing them as novels um, because Hollywood loves intellectual property. And so if, and now they're self-publishing in novels, you can get your work out there. And, and if there's enough buzz about them, then Hollywood feels a little more comfortable. Oh yeah, we had all, you know, look at all these, these novels that were purchased on this. And this is, you know, I don't know. It's just another, another thought. I think you always have to be mindful of what your ultimate goal is and, and all like, if that, if that door is shut, then go find a window that's open. That's actually a really neat thing. You know, obviously, uh, I first first heard that I think it was this past week. Quentin Tarantino said he was going to go do his uh, script, The Hateful Eight, as a novel. Yeah. Uh, so that's something that's actually trending right now, just as a general concept inside of writer the writers' circles uh, in terms of ways to create intellectual property. Yeah, unknown screenwriters done it. Doug Richardson has books out, um, and uh, John August even has one. Very neat. 
Very neat. Um, and any other helpful hit, uh, tips along those lines in terms of things that screenwriters can do to, to help get their intellectual property noticed? Um, you know, I, I'm doing it now myself. Um, I might have to come back later after I've done it to, to give you some tips on how to get noticed by doing it. But I think if you're, you know, if you're, it's just like if you were a regular novelist and you wanted a publisher to notice you, you know, and you decide to put your stuff up self-published, it's about still have to promote yourself, pimp yourself, have a website, have it. It's there's it's a little more work to it because you also need to have an author platform, not just your screenwriting platform. Um, and and then go around, you know, book signings and whatnot and, and do podcasts, do guest blogging and get people to review your books. Um, and the more word of mouth you get out, out there about your books, then the better. And then when you go to pitch your scripts, you can say this is here's the script, but it's also a novel and it's and it's sold this many copies, you know, and then then you've got something to back it up. How competitive it is it? Right now, for screenwriters, what are what are you kind of seeing in the in the you know in the circles that you know that that you uh, that you live in? Uh, what are people saying just you know behind closed doors about uh, about the state of the union right now, the democratization of media, people being able to produce you know anything they want? Do you feel that it's gotten easier or has it gotten harder? I think um, independent filmmaking um, has opened the doors for so many people to take control and power over their own careers. Studio screenwriting is, um, I mean, it's it's really hard, and not only hard to get to get noticed and get your foot in the door. I don't have representation, but I've had meetings with, you know, the top dogs at HBO because it's how hard you hustle. You know, and it's two things. It's how hard you hustle and how good your project is. And if your project is really good, then you will get noticed. But, but there's also, then, then once you get noticed, then it's the getting the money. You know, it's, it's not like when you write a book, even if you do the traditional publishing route and you make, you know, you're not doing an ebook, you're doing that hard book that you hold in your hand. It's so much cheaper to put out a book than it is to make a movie, you know, costing millions and millions and millions of dollars. So you really have to get people to, you have to have a great project, you have a person they want to work with and find the right, the right producer. You know, like I, I, I've been working on slavery by another name for four years and it has become slavery by another name sometimes. (laughs) And it's, but the project that everybody says to me, oh my God, this has to get made. And so all I need is one person to say yes. So I can handle a thousand rejections because all I need is one yes. And so I just keep, you know, digging through and finding it. I have producers now, but, um, you know, it was a long haul to get there. Um, the, it's interesting because when, when you talk about the idea of, just going until you get a yes. That is the fundamental difference between the TV world and the film world. In the film world, you can just keep on going and going and going and going and going. There is no such thing as no. It's unless you tell yourself no. In the TV world, that's not really the case. You get a no from the studios that, the, or the homes that that project would be good for. You get three or four no's from, from those homes. That's it. The project the project's dead, uh, for the most part. Very unlikely it's going to res- re- resurrect itself. In film, 
it's all about you. It's all about how hard you work, like you said, how hard you hustle. Um, and that, for me at least, I, I've always felt that's the, the fundamental difference between TV and film. So it's nice to hear you say that about your project and just about the industry in general. But also, too, with TV, I mean, the one thing that is there is to entertain is that everything is about timing. You know, like... Um, uh, and so there might not be the right time today for your idea, but so, you know, just stick it away. You pitch to whoever you think it's going to be, but five years from now, you know, if you have one of those timeless ideas, the, the timing might be right for it. So you can still, you know, after a few years, still try again if, if, the, if there's some particular reason why you think that is now all of a sudden marketable, you know. Um, but yeah, definitely not to keep beating the dead horse in the TV department, for sure. Do you feel that that you know certainly you know with with Script Magazine and with everything that you're doing in your own social media platforms, um, do you feel that you have to be everywhere right now? I mean, you're you're a, you're a person that seems to have you you've got your script chats, Script Magazine, you're on Twitter, you're on all these different social platforms. Do you feel that that's like a requirement? That's a necessity if you're a script writer out there and you want to break into the business, you have to have all these touch points or just kind of want to get your take on that because you have a lot of touch points. I do. And if this were a, a video podcast, you would see how tired I look. <laughs> it is, um, you know, I try very hard to do that work smarter, not harder. You know, I try very hard to do that. And so to prioritize my time, um, but to touch base, you know, as much as I can here and there, you know, it, it is very hard to juggle all of that as well as a full-time job and as well as being a mom. Um, so, um, it's, it's, it's about like, yeah, I think you have to, to throw as many nets out there as you can, um, while, like for me, I feel like I have a great project. You know, I have other projects too, and um, unknown screenwriter and I are working on some other some TV show ideas and other things as well. I I kind of feel like you have to do a little bit of everything and see what hits. What you know, what is the thing that's going to hit? So for right now, I'm writing a novel. I'm writing actually two trilogies, and writing Slavery by Another Name and working on a TV show with Unknown Screenwriter and doing my day job and networking with that as much as I can and and providing for my readers things that I, content that, that I enjoy, you know, content that I think would be helpful to me at any stage of the game. But I, I do think you have to work every angle um, unless you are the kind of writer who absolutely has a clear vision that there's only one kind of thing and product you want to put out, then just focus on that. You know, like this is what I'm doing. Like I'm throwing a wide net out, but it doesn't mean that that's what's right for everyone else. And I think that's the beautiful thing about where we are right now in the industry is that there are so many different ways to break in that, that people can really find something that's in their comfort zone. But I would encourage people to also step outside of their comfort zone because you might be shocked that, trying something new might be the thing that says, oh my God, why didn't I think of this before? Now, what are the questions, just because I have a feeling that, you know, when you're, when you're tailoring your, or the articles and when you're working with the contributors to Script Magazine, at the end of the day, you know, any headline for whether it's a, a blog post, whether it's a, a tweet, uh, whether it's, you know, you trying to figure out what kind of content's going to be, you know, 
relatable to your audience. At the end of the day, you're, you're answering certain fundamental questions. So being that you're in the position that you're in, I want to know what are the three most relevant and reoccurring questions that you get from your audience and readership that, you know, that, that your audience wants to know the answer to. What are the, what are the most, you know, most asked questions that your readership wants to know? Um, the, the most, the, the most popular question I get in emails. And when I say that I have over 8,000 emails sitting in my inbox right now, that is not a joke. Um, and I need a clone, but, but, and I'm actually nervous cause I, 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 one of my email boxes, I can hear ping every once in a while and I forgot to sign off of it. So I, I apologize to anybody if you hear noises in the background of this recording, but, um, you need a virtual assistant is what you need. I do. <laughs> Otherwise known as a VA. You can go through your email and start responding. You know what? We're going to take a quick sidebar on this just because I think it's important. Here's some tips that I got from another guy online who gave this advice to me. This is not my advice. I'm just, I'm just sharing. Um, do you have auto, do you have auto filters on your email so that when emails come in, you can automatically put them into, you know, I need to respond to you right, right away. I can respond to this later, or these are questions that are coming in. Like, do you have the, those kind of filters set up? If you're getting that many emails. I have some set up. I clearly don't have enough. And <laughs> because it sounds like, you know, you have an email problem. <laughs> I have an email problem. I got a lot of problems, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, enough sharing. Let's go back to that question. What's the number one question that that you get from your readers? I need a I need a bitch. That's what I need. Um, okay, number one question that I get from them is like, how do I break in? And they'll send this to me in an, on a DM on Twitter. Like, I could possibly answer this question in 140 characters. So I wrote a post about the magic trick of selling your screenplay, and where basically the post boils down to you know do the work, you know, <laughs> like work hard, learn the craft. You know, it's, it's all of my advice in this one post. So now whenever people ask me that, I just send them the URL to that post and, and I'm done. Um, that gets asked so much that it's hard for me to remember any other because that, that's how much that question gets asked. Also about getting representation. Um, another question that people ask me, um, I always suggest to them that they – have at least three scripts um, before they go seeking representation because the the agent or manager isn't going to rep you just on one project. They're going to want to know that you've got other projects that they can sell because everything is a matter of timing. You know, this project isn't quite developed enough yet. Go back and work on this. This one's great. It's marketable. I can try to sell this now, but while I'm trying to sell this, you keep working on that. You know, so you need more than one project for that. Another great opportunity for writers, and again, you know, the industry is changing and morphing so much um, that you do have to keep up on the news. But another great opportunity is the blacklist. You know, the um, now they have this feature where you can submit your script, get notes, get feedback on your script. It gets rated. And not until you want it to go public, like it, so say it gets a bad rating, then it's not automatically thrown up on the boards and people know that your script has this bad rating. You can keep it off the boards until you, you've rewritten it and gotten it so that it has a good rating and then put it up. And, and I think I read somewhere the other day, I don't know, somewhere between 20 and 30 people may have got, at least have got representation now, um, in the last year with the blacklist, um, so there's so many different ways now for writers to get discovered that you just have to be 
knowledgeable about what's going on and read script magazine, read, you know, follow these, these, uh, knowledgeable sites on Twitter and, and, uh, and you can learn all the new news that comes out when it comes out to give yourself a better shot at, at getting noticed. Um, third question. I don't know, but somebody asked me once if I wore granny panties. That, <laughs> that was a question. I get bizarre questions sometimes, really strange questions. Another, another question people give me a lot is, um, will you, will you write with me? You know, like a lot of people, because I've had multiple writing partners in the past, a lot of people email me stuff saying, Hey, I've got this great idea. I'd love you to write with me. Um, I don't, I, I can't possibly, you know, like it, it, I, there's only so much time in a day. I'm honored and flattered by the offers, but that's, that's probably another one that comes up a lot. Um, I think there's actually some, there's some great advice there. And I want to share the, um, if I may, the link to the, the first one, uh, how do I break in? Um, if that's something we we can share in the show notes for this podcast, that would be awesome. We can put a link at the bottom so that anybody who's listening to this can then go and get the answer to that question. How do I break yeah. in? Which we uh, shan't go into now because we're, 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 we're getting down to the end of this podcast. But if that's okay, can we do that? That. Yeah. Awesome. That'd be great. Um, okay. So, you know, just because we're almost here at the end, uh, are there any, uh, before I get to, to the last question that I have for you, do you have any aspirations or does Script Magazine have any aspirations to become more of less of an informational source and more of a, and maybe it already does this in some way, and, and, it's just, and I apologize if, if I'm not aware of it, but are there any aspirations to, to make Script Magazine more of a networking hub for, uh, for writers in the same way that, say, the Blacklist is, is, is working now in terms of you know, being able to share content, uh, allow, allow for that community to happen? I mean, are there any aspirations for, for it to grow beyond just being a magazine? Um, you know, I'm not sure what the overall company's aspirations are for it. I can only speak to my own, you know, wish list of things. And, um, for me, I get the, I get the fix of the networking and community from script chat. And, um, so that's always something that where I go when I want to have my little networking stuff. Um, script magazine, I would love to see in some way for us to, to be able to grow our community, to grow it in some way online. We tried doing a, a Q and a plugin on the site that works like Yahoo answers. And it came, we came across a whole bunch of glitches and we were very disappointed by that. So we're looking for another alternative to it because that was a, a very cool thing where we're, our readers could ask questions. Our contributors could answer them. Other readers could answer them. It was a way for people to really connect and get a dialogue going. So we are absolutely mindful of that need, and we want it ourselves for for our readers and you know for our contributors. So we're we're always trying to think of different ways. And if if any of our readers have um, ideas or wants or wishes, I am always open to listening to them and seeing if I can accommodate that. Cool. Okay. So my last question for you would be any parting words of wisdom to, uh, to those folks who are listening, uh, that you just want to, to, to share with the world, um, kind of a very open question just about, you know, the business in general and, you know, what, you know, what, what, what would you say to, you know, if you're, if you're a screenwriter and you were, you know, doing all the work that, that you're doing or that they're doing, uh, just any business-related wisdom that you'd like to, to share and impart as we kind of wind up things here? Yeah. First of 
of all, I'm gonna when I send you that link to the magic trick of selling your screenplay, I'm gonna send you a link to an article I wrote called "Dear New Screenwriter," and it is really probably one of my favorite posts that I've written in the three years at Script, and it is an article, a letter that I write today to myself uh, when I first started writing, and um, where I talk you know, give myself the new genie, the advice, um, that I wish somebody would give me who's more seasoned. That advice might've made me run screaming out of this business entirely if I had gotten it at that time. But very honest post where I talk about the mistakes I made, the lessons I've learned, and, and I give advice about how to not, not make the same mistakes I made. But I say, um, so I'll send you that URL so your readers can, your listeners can read it. But I would say, you know, find that, that project that really, you know, that you're passionate about. You talked earlier about marketable ideas. You can have the most marketable idea, but if you really aren't passionate about writing it, it's not, it's going to show in your words. It's not going to be good. So find, even if you have to find an idea that's not as marketable, but you are so passionate about it that you are the only writer who could possibly do this topic and, and concept justice, that's the script you need to write. Because even if it never gets made, it's an amazing writing sample. And, and that is invaluable. So find the right project, and then once you find that project and other projects, work really hard. I mean, I, I can't tell you in the four or five years that I've been on Twitter the, the number of, of quote-unquote writers who I met in the beginning who are no longer writing now because it was just they, just, they just didn't have the passion for it and they gave up. I mean, this is, that's kind of not in my vocabulary, um, um, and part of I'm a black belt. And, you know, part of that journey of being a black belt is not quitting. You know, I've had my nose broken, my ACL torn, you know, you know, fingers broken, toes broken, ribs cracked. I mean, you, and you just keep fighting. And, um, Remind and it, me not to get into a street brawl with you. Like, I, I don't want to do that because you could clearly kick my ass. Did you notice that I listed the bones I've had broken? <laughs> I didn't say I broke anyone else's. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, um, you know, I'm only like five foot three, you know, <laughs> um, but for me that, uh, that, that martial art is, is mental, you know, it's, it, it prepared me to be a writer. So I think you have to kind of, you know, there's, and it's also known that martial artists and marathon runners and people like that are, are a lot of the people who are successful in, in this industry because you're, you just can't give up. And, um, and then the third thing I would say is to always pay it forward. I think um, karma comes back. And I think when you pay it forward to people, um, it, it does come back. And people feel warm and fuzzy about you. And then in turn, they want to turn around eventually and help you. You can't pay it forward so people help you. It has to be genuine because you know people will know when, when you're just faking it. But it's, it's a good way to live both in and outside. Awesome. How would be, uh, first of all, thank you for those, for those bits of, uh, advice and wisdom. And how would you recommend people connect with you best? Uh, if, uh, somebody wanted to reach out after this podcast. Oh, um, on Twitter is, is really my, um, my home base and, um, at Jeannie V, but Jeannie V B J E A N N E V as in Victor B as in boy. And, and my website is Jeannie And on there, it has like a link to all the different ways one can stalk me. 
Fantastic. Uh, thank you for taking the time today. This has been awesome. I really appreciate it, Jeannie. Thanks, Jesse. It was a lot of fun.